0: Chapter 22, I am gonna preach a short message today. I know sometimes you say, Pastor, you say that, but then you rarely do that. But today it's going to happen. And so we're gonna start a new series today called The God Who Provides. And we're just gonna give you a little bit, just kind of a starter on this series today. And we're gonna look at a particular account in the Word of God. That can be very confusing, and I hope to unpack it to you today in maybe a way that you've never seen before or heard before, or or maybe you have. However, I know the Holy Spirit can speak to you concerning uh, the Lord who provides. We're going to go all the way back to the very beginning, to the first time uh, that was ever mentioned in the Word of God, that particular phrase, the Lord who provides, also known as Jehovah-Jireh. Maybe you've heard that particular term before. So let's talk about that. Genesis chapter 22, Genesis chapter 22, and it starts this in verse number 1. Now it came to pass after these things that God tested Abraham and said, Abraham. And he said, here I am. Then he said, take now your son Your only son Isaac, whom you love, and go to the land of Moriah and offer him as a burnt offering on one of the mountains on which I shall tell you. Now listen, whenever I've ever heard this particular verse or read it myself, it's always been a little bit confusing. The reason I say that is because it goes against the nature of God. It is unlike God in any way that he would ever ask somebody to sacrifice their son. It has always been confusing to me. Why would God? I understand that God would test people, but why would he test anyone to this degree? It doesn't make sense. It goes against the nature of God, the emotion of God, the love of God. Just because it's Old Testament doesn't mean that God's not still filled with grace and compassion and love and mercy. How many of you know the Old Testament God is the God of love? Amen. He doesn't change. The Bible says, I am the Lord, I change not. So how is it that God would ask of anyone to sacrifice their son? And to understand this particular account, you have to know without a shadow of a doubt, this God never intended and in no way was going to allow this child to be sacrificed. There was no way that God was going to allow it. He was testing Abraham's heart, testing his faith. But I want you to know the reason why God asked this of Abraham is for this reason. So that we would see this today and understand that Isaac, the son to be sacrificed is actually a picture of Christ himself. Listen to what God says to Abraham. God says to Abraham, take your son, your only son. God does not waste words. And so when he says to Abraham, take your only son, it is an understanding that God is asking Abraham to take what eventually would be a picture of Jesus himself. Isaac becomes a picture of Christ. Isaac carries wood to the altar. Jesus carried wood to the altar. Isaac was bound. Jesus was bound. Isaac was the only begotten son. Jesus is the only begotten son of the Father. Isaac was the lamb laid on the altar. Jesus is the lamb who takes away all of our sins. You understand that God was setting Isaac up to be a picture of Christ for a nation that had yet to be developed, the Hebrew nation. And that we could see it today and we could at least get a glimpse. Listen to me. We could get a glimpse of the heart of God. Because as parents, it's still, it's, it just still strikes us how this could happen. Listen, I have faith, but I don't have that kind of faith. Listen, I have faith to believe, but I don't have that kind of faith. And what God is wanting to do to draw us into a, to a picture of the emotion that God himself sacrificed his son. He gave his only begotten son. Take now thy son, thine only son. Isaac is a picture of Jesus Christ. God never intended, nor would he have allowed, the child to be harmed. Listen, the child was a promise. How many know when God gives a promise, the Bible says the promises of God are what? They are yes and they are amen. God does not give a promise and then take it back. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Watch verse number 3. It says this. So Abraham rose early in the morning. You bet he did. Long before Sarah woke up. (laughs) Could you imagine if Abraham had went to bed that night and said, Honey, I had a strange word from God today. God told me to take Isaac up to the mountain and to sacrifice him as a burnt offering. (laughs) Sarah would have said, you touch that kid, I'll kill you myself. Come on now. <laughs> Been waiting for that boy for years. Don't you lay a hand on his head. Come on. <laughs> so Abraham rose up early in the morning. And he saddled his donkey. And he took two of his young men with him and Isaac his son. And he split the wood for a burnt offering. And he, went to the pl- he rose and went to the place of which God had told him. Watch verse number 4. Then on the third day, Abraham lifted his eyes and he saw the place afar off. Verse 5 says, and Abraham said to his young men, stay here with the donkey, and the lad and I will go yonder, and we will worship, and we will come back to you again. We will come back. Abraham knew. Huh? God gave me a promise. God gave me a son. This is the child that God had promised, that God worked out a miracle. Listen, when God's a miracle-working God, he doesn't take his miracles back. He doesn't take his promises back. I believe that no matter what, I don't know how. I don't know how he's going to do it. I don't know what the circumstances are. I don't know all the details. I just know this. Listen, I'm coming back with the boy. The boy is going to live and not die. Hallelujah. Why? Because I just trust God, I just believe, I know that we are coming back. Listen, here's what we need to know down deep in our knower, that God is a provider. We can't always understand how he's going to do it. We just know that he's going to do it. Listen, I say it all the time. I don't know how, I just believe. I just trust him. We're in this building today because God worked it out. Listen, this building's a miracle. I can tell you right now, we had a little bit of money saved up, but we didn't have much. And they wanted well over $3 million for this building. Man, and we were haggling on it. We were trying to get them down and get them down and get them down. And I was talking to the real estate agent. I was in Atlanta, Georgia, about to board a flight to Seoul, Korea, 14-hour flight. And I was talking to the real estate agent at the gate, and I said, we have to have 50 more thousand. We had haggled them down and haggled them down and haggled them down. We have to have 50,000 off or there's no deal. And she said to me, he's not going to come down anymore. That's it. He's not coming down another dime. I said, if he doesn't come down $50,000, we are not buying it. And she said, well, then I guess you're not buying it. And I said, I guess we don't have a deal. And I hung up the cell phone. And I hung up the phone. And I got on a 14-hour flight. And I said, God, I told everybody we were buying that building. Now, what's the next church you want me to pastor? Because apparently you don't want me to pastor this one anymore. <laughs> I told everybody, I'm going to dangle a set of keys to this building. Listen, we were meeting at Wellington High School. I said to everybody, we're going to buy this building on Southern Boulevard." I don't know how God's going to do it. God's just going to do it. And listen, the, the guy financed it himself. He financed it himself. We couldn't get a construction loan, but he did it. And, and I signed the papers. Can you believe that? Listen, I've got good credit, but I don't have $3 million credit. You understand? If I had $3 million credit, I'd have a Porsche 911. But I don't have a Porsche 911 because I don't have $3 million credit. All right? And the whole time leading up to this, I was like, I just don't know how it's going to happen. Well, listen, I get back from Vietnam. I was on my way to Vietnam to do a family seminar there. I came back, and she called me as soon as I landed. And she said, well, he came down 50000 That was on a Tuesday She said, we're ready to close on Friday. She said, do you have the money? (laughs) I said, absolutely. I hung up the phone like, we don't have the money. (laughs) But I had the promise. Do you know that $300,000 more came in before Friday? And when I went to sign the papers, I was still going I don't know how this is going to work. I mean, they're really going to let me sign the papers? That's it? And I'll never forget, we got a call on that Friday morning. We were signing the papers at 2 o'clock in the afternoon at an office in Palm Beach Gardens. And at at 10 o'clock in the morning, the, the agent calls me, and she doesn't get me, so she leaves a voicemail, and she says, We have a major problem. You need to call me right now. And as soon as I heard that, I went, That's it. I knew it. Mr. Faith here, Mr. Walk-on-Water Faith. Yeah. Like, something was going to happen, you know what I mean? And then I called her, and I said, what's going on? She said, oh, I was looking at the wrong number. We're good. We'll see you at 2 o'clock. I thought, are you kidding me? May the fleas from a 1,000 camels infest your bed tonight. Give me heart failure. And I'll never forget, me and my wife were in that office signing the papers, and I'm just like, I, this is so God. Yeah. We didn't have 20% down. The guy financed us anyway. And, you know, we've been in this building nine years. Listen, it'll be nine years in August. We've never missed a mortgage payment, been late on a mortgage payment. God has been faithful month after month after month after month after month. He's the God who provides. Hallelujah. I don't know how he does it. He just does it. My wife and I just recently bought a new house, right? And we were looking. We had given some money to the building program. We gave a significant amount, more than we had ever given to anything ever. But I don't like to just give money and go, well, I'll never see that again. We sowed seed because there's a difference between just going, I'll never see that again, and going, I'm believing for a harvest, right? So we sowed seed. And we said, okay, God, we're going to give this money. We're going to believe you for a new house. And so we had a list. I had a list. It was four things. That's it. Okay? Because I thought, okay, God, you could do four. I know you could do four. My wife had a much longer list. You know, ladies, come on now. Y'all got this long list. And I'm like, no, we just need these four things. This is it. Just these four things. But I don't know if you've heard about the real estate market in South Florida particularly Palm Beach County, particularly the Western communities. I don't know if you've heard anything, but it's a little crazy out there right now. And so we had to look and we thought, okay, we, we just went, God, it's got to be you. I don't know how this is going to work out. I I mean, it's just got to be God. And do you know what? We closed a little over 30 days ago, about 45 days ago. We closed on a beautiful house. And I don't know how God did it. God just did it. But I'll tell you this. People just go, man, that was a miracle. How would you get that house? It's a miracle. I said, we serve a miracle-working God. I don't know how he does it. He just does it. Amen? He's the God who provides. And everything on my list was checked. And everything on Cynthia's list was checked. Come on now. That's the kind of God we serve. Hallelujah. He's the God who provides. He's the God who provides. Let's read on. Listen to this. And it says this. In verse number 6, it says, So Abraham took the wood of the burnt offering and laid it on Isaac his son. I told you, Isaac carried the wood. And he took the fire in his hand and a knife. And the two of them went together. But Isaac spoke to Abraham, his father, and said, My father, and he said, Here I am, my son. Then he said, Look, the fire and the wood, but where is the lamb for a burnt offering? And Abraham said, My son, God will provide for himself the lamb for a burnt offering. And then they went together. Abraham just trusted God. He just believed God, right? Verse number nine says, Then they came to the place of which God had told them, and Abraham built an altar there, and he placed the wood in order, and he bound Isaac his son, and he laid him on the altar upon the wood. And Abraham stretched out his hand, and he took the knife to slay the son. But the angel of the Lord called to him from heaven and said, Abraham, Abraham. So he said, Here I am. He said, Do not lay your hand on the lad. Or do anything to him, for now I know that you fear God, since you have not withheld your son, here it is, your only son from me. Verse 13 says Then Abraham lifted his eyes and looked, and behind him was a ram caught in the thicket by its horns. So Abraham went and took the ram, and he offered it up for a burnt offering. And Abraham called the name of the place, The Lord will provide as it is to this day in the mount of the Lord. It shall be provided. And Abraham called the name of that place, the Lord will provide. And Abraham called the name of that place, Jehovah Jireh. Jehovah Jireh. He was confident. He knew. He didn't know how. Listen, God had set the whole thing up. God had a ram wander off its path. God had a ram come right to where they were. God was moving behind the scenes, ready to provide at a moment's notice. Even though Abraham didn't see the ram, didn't hear the ram, the ram was there all along. And he called the name of the place, the Lord will provide, Jehovah-Jireh, which is translated... The Lord who sees, because the Hebrew word gyra" does not mean to provide the Hebrew word gyra" actually means to see the one who sees. This is not a distant God who sees but is inactive. This is not a distant God who sees and only is filled with thoughts of compassion and pity. This is a God who sees, and in seeing, he is compelled, he is moved to action. He is the good Samaritan who is willing to come and to bind up the one who is brokenhearted, to pick them up, to bring him to a place of restoration and a place of healing. It is the Hebrew word ra, which means to see. So when God sees, he provides. If he sees it, he's going to meet the need. Isn't it good to know that? this morning, that the eyes of God are on you, that he sees what you're going through. He knows your needs. You barely have to mention them. And when you mention them to God, God says, I see it already. Now, when you walk in obedience, I am ready to meet the need because he is Jehovah Jireh. He's the God who provides over and over again. God sees you today. Did you hear me, church? I said, God sees you. Because some of you are believing God for things that money cannot buy. Did you hear me? There's no amount of money that can buy what some of you are believing him for. And he's the God who provides. Financially, absolutely. But listen, your obedience to God and your trust in God will give you access to things that money cannot purchase. There's no amount of money that can cure cancer. Come on now. There's no amount of money that can bring a prodigal home. There's no amount of money that can restore a broken marriage. Listen, you can't pay. You can't write a check. You can't swipe a card for those kind of things. You have to put your trust and confidence in Jehovah Jireh. He provides in so many ways. Amen? God is the one who provides. But you first have to know he sees you. He sees what you're going through. He knows when you get up, and he knows when you lie down. And listen, he is going to meet the need according to his riches. The Bible says in Philippians chapter 4, but my God shall meet our needs. Listen, he meets our needs how? According to his riches. Because some of you are going, well, pastor, listen, I'm on a fixed income. I'm on Social Security. How is God going to work this out? There's no raise. There's no bumps. We're not getting a bunch of stuff uh, that's promised to us. I mean, how is this going to work out? I don't know how. He just doesn't. He just does it. Some of you are going, well, Pastor, I've only got so much coming in, and, and listen, we've got this much debt, and here's my budget, and that's all I've got, and there's no more. There's no extra. There's just a little bit left over, just barely enough for me to get by. How can God do it? I'm not telling you I know how he does it. I just know that he does it. I don't know the details. Leave the details up to him. Just know this. He is able, and he sees you, and when he sees you, he moves. He's Jehovah Jireh. He's the God who provides. Listen, here's what I want to do with this series. I just want to lift your faith. I just want to lift your faith. This isn't about money. This isn't about finances. I want to lift your faith till you know that you know that you know. (laughs) That you can be confident. You say, well, pastor, what if I have moments of doubt? We all have them. Huh? I told you I got that text message from that lady or that voicemail where she said, call me now, the whole, my whole world fell apart. <laughs> and God just kind of picked me up and swept me back into, <laughs> and put me back together and said, trust me. Yeah. Yeah. Trust me. And Abraham's just walking with his son, and his son's carrying wood. Come on now. And his son's going, Dad, we got the flint. And we got the wood. But we're missing something. Hmm? And then Abraham ties the boy's hands and feet together. You can't tell me there's not emotion with that. You can't tell me because in Hebrews it actually says this it says that Abraham believed that God would have raised him from the dead. So Abraham was willing to go through the whole thing, even though, as I said earlier, God never intended nor would he have allowed the child to be harmed. Abraham was going to go through the whole process knowing that God would raise him from the dead. You can't tell me there's not emotion in that. You can't tell me that Abraham's heart wasn't touched. As we get a picture of God himself who loved us so much that he gave his only begotten son, his only son. And he invites us into a world where we say, God, we trust you. We just trust you. I don't know how you're going to put the marriage back together. I don't know how you're going to bring my kid home. I don't know how you're going to cause us to get out of debt. I don't know how you're going to bless us with a new business, a new house, a new this, a new that. I don't know how you're going to do it. I just know that you're going to. And hear me, church. Hear me. I could bring person after person after person onto this platform. And they'll tell you. God did it. God just did it. He's a miracle-working God. Because I still, to this day, call him Jehovah-Jireh. He is the one who sees, and in seeing, he's moved to action. I'm going to ask you to do this. Would you bow your heads? and, Pastor Mark, would you come today? Bow your heads and close your eyes for just a minute. Jehovah-Jireh. jehovah Jira, let that get inside of you today. Oh, he provides. He's a miracle-working God. Cynthia and I are walking around our house like, how in the world? How? No bidding war. It never even went to market. It never even got listed. We just bought it. How did God do that? I submitted paperwork on Monday. They called me on Thursday well we're closing in a few days everything's good not one hiccup huh how God God did it God did this building listen and he's no respecter of persons what he's done for one he'll do for another now let's, be, let's get beyond stuff and listen there's nothing wrong with stuff God wants to bless you financially He does, absolutely. But as I said earlier, some of you are praying and believing God for things that money cannot purchase. There's no check you could write that would be big enough. Let me pray with you and believe with you today. I hope this series increases your faith because we're going to look at how a God who is in the universe that created the heavens and the earth, how he gets so personal with people. He's the one who provides. If you're joining us on YouTube or Facebook, I just want to thank you for joining us today. Listen, you have our love, you have our support. So I want to thank you for being a part of Grace Chapel this morning. God bless you. Thank you for being here.